0: This is VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Here is your host, Josh Applebaum. Welcome in. This is VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. It is Wednesday, January 24th. Another big basketball card on the docket today. And just like we did yesterday, going to dive in and do a deep breakdown into the top matchups, both in the NBA and college basketball. A reminder, we have a whole lot of other great content right now at VEASAN.com, full NBA pods with hardwood handicappers. Our guy Jonathan Bontobel, Kelly Bidlin, Zach Cohen five days a week. Daily College Hoops podcast as well, breaking down every game on the card. And I mean, literally every game with Greg Peterson. And if you want NHL action, we've got you covered on the website with write-ups every single day. Golf right now, fresh podcast out for the Farmers Insurance PGA Tournament, which gets underway today in San Diego. So check out the long shots guys as well. Kelly Bidlin, Matt Brown, and Wes Reynolds. That is just a, a small part of all that we have going on right now. This is just a small... A little little glimpse here into the world of the sports betting sphere and the card for today. So I want to dive into Cleveland and Milwaukee in the NBA. And we'll also get into Auburn, Alabama. The Iron Bowl on the basketball court today. College Hoops' biggest game of the day. I'm Ben Wilson. Josh Applebaum will be back tomorrow for the rest of the uh, the week and the weekend slate here on VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. We'll start today talking Cleveland and Milwaukee, which was, in the case of the Milwaukee Bucks, the big story. Coming out of the NBA world yesterday, head coach Adrian Griffin fired. A lot of people would be very surprised at that. Bucks 30 and 13 after all second in the East. But there was a story that came out from Yahoo insider Chris Haynes and sort of indicated there was there there's been a lot of issues going on in the locker room and that Adrian Griffin was initially hired back in the offseason when Milwaukee didn't really think they were going to be in a position to be legitimate title contenders because – Guys like Brook Lopez were potentially on the move in free agency. They weren't sure about an extension for Giannis Cupo. So basically what happened was the Bucks signed a guy like Griffin with no previous head coaching experience, thinking this had the potential to be a down year and a rebuild for Milwaukee. All of a sudden, the team re-signs Brick Lopez. Giannis signs, a, signs an extension. And the big deal of the summer was acquiring Damian Lillard in a trade from Portland. And all of a sudden, it was... Uh, You better win now or you're done. And so apparently there was enough uh, angst going on in the locker room where Griffin gets the axe. We'll see interim head coach Joe Prunty uh, taking over tonight. And really the big issue for Milwaukee, it's been on the defensive end, 21st in defensive rating on the season, 10th in net rating. And so as much as I'd imagine a lot of people are going to look at Milwaukee in an obvious bounce-back spot here, uh, just just the bump here, not even a bounce-back, just the bump off the coaching firing, Bucks are seven-point favorites, pretty much market-wide. That hasn't moved a whole lot. A couple books have actually dipped down to 6.5 in the early openers, and a tiny bit of movement to the under, actually, 236.5, 236. Uh, That's the 236 number right now we're seeing basically across the market. I'm not one to believe that, okay, just because the Bucks fired Griffin, now all of a sudden they come out play super-inspired basketball and just look like world beaters, because Milwaukee already was looking really, really good, even though... Now, they didn't cover in the last game on the road at Detroit, still have been producing wins. They've had a couple of really bad looking spots that have happened to be in national spotlight type games. Key point the in season tournament when Milwaukee was completely outclassed by Indiana. But on the basis of the season, still a lot to like about the Milwaukee Bucks, especially the offense, which is second in offensive rating. Now, you take on a Cleveland team who, while is very good on the defensive end, third in defensive rating. You can't take anything away from the last meeting between the two teams. Cleveland won by 40, but Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't play last Wednesday in Cleveland. The Cavs are kind of in an interesting spot because they're streaking. They've won eight straight, and the offense has been unbelievable in that span. Cleveland is getting a ton of production as well from beyond the three-point line. Even with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, two key contributors out due to injury since December 16th, in that span since those injuries, the Cavs have taken the second most threes of anybody in the league, and they're hitting threes at a 37.5% clip, second in the NBA during that span. So it's been a huge improvement on offense for a team that has really struggled on that side of the ball throughout the season. Cleveland, with this recent offensive resurgence, is actually higher in net rating than the Milwaukee Bucks on the full season, thanks to how bad the Bucks have been on defense. Cleveland, ninth in net rating, Bucks are tenth. So because of that, I'm not going to go out and try to lay seven with Milwaukee when they have not been covering numbers in these really big, high-profile spots outside of a you know, really bad scheduling spot for the Boston Celtics uh, going back to last week. What I will do though is look at the over because just because you have Adrian Griffin fired for the Bucks does not all of a sudden magically mean the Bucks will turn into just some clamp down, lockdown down two- mid 2000s Pistons type defense. Still. Points will be had, and if anything, if you expect a statement to be made, it's for the Bucks offensively, right, coming out. Uh, this is now with, with the players and the inside system here being responsible for firing Griffin. This is now in the players, really. It's a players league. This is on Giannis and Damian Lillard to lead the Bucs and prove that uh, they have what it takes to be legitimate title contenders, especially while the Bucs go ahead and try to figure out who will be their next coach. Doc Rivers is the one being highly linked there to Milwaukee so I'm gonna go over 236 really believe this offensive efficiency from Milwaukee which is still second on the season still is going to match up well especially full strength against the Cleveland side and the Cavs have shown a tremendous amount of improvement on the offensive side of the ball Bucks a bottom 10 defense on the season we'll go over 236 in Cleveland and Milwaukee to the college basketball game of the night it's a good one, and it's also a situation we have seen a few times this year, and there's a reason, uh, as a result, why the line is moving pretty significantly in one direction on the side. It's the Iron Bowl on the hardwood. Eighth-ranked Auburn, 16-2, and 5-0 and in SEC play. They've won 11 straight games, all by double digits. A projected three seed now in the latest Joe Lenardi ESPN Bracketology. Go to T-Town, taking on Alabama, who are 12-6, and 4-1 and in the SEC, but... Advanced metrics still love the Tide, and it's because they've played one of the toughest schedules of anybody in the country. Seventh hardest strength of schedule. Ten games already this year of their 18 against top 55 teams and overall Ken Pomeroy metrics. So the Tide are unranked, but are still a projected five seed. You're going to see a lot of people wanting to lay the wood here with Alabama today. This opened one and a half in favor of the Tide. As I'm recording, this is starting to get mostly Alabama minus three. There are a couple books still with Alabama minus two and a half, while the total has come down, 165 and a half, down to 161 and a half. I understand why folks are going to blindly look at historical trends, saying the the unranked favorites, especially at home, traditionally do very, very well against the ranked road teams. I want a little bit more than that, though I don't want to just blindly back Alabama because of it. I do like the Tide, but it's not because of just – you know, the Ross thought of okay. Well, uh, what did the odds makers know that that, uh, that the the rankings people don't? I I never really take rankings into account for any serious handicapping. I mean, they're Alabama is not only is Alabama a top twenty five team, they're probably a easily a top fifteen, maybe a top ten team. And the Tide here, having played the ten games against top fifty five teams, despite all that and some really good defensive competition in that span, second in the country on offense now. Are they going to go out and win a national title, ranking 66th on the defensive end? Probably not. But it's a group that is really balanced when they have the ball in their hands. Third in effective field goal percentage, 13th on threes, 11 on twos. They draw a lot of fouls, top 50 in foul rate. They make their free throws, 11th in free throw percentage. They also take a lot of threes, 17th and 3% three-point rate, and make threes 13th best of anybody in the country. And it really starts with six-one senior, Mark Sears, who's been tremendous this year. 47% from three. 19th in the country in true shooting percentage, which is that general measure of twos, threes, and free throw percentage. So Alabama will be able to put up points in this game, even though Auburn comes in as a rock-solid defensive team. Seventh on D overall. Third in effective field goal percentage. Uh, but given the rivalry matchup here, uh, given the, f- the physical nature you would expect, as well as the up-tempo nature that I'd imagine Alabama, on their home floor, will be able to dictate. That makes this a bit of a tough matchup for Auburn, whose one weakness is they do foul a lot outside the top 275 in foul rate and give up a lot of free throws to opposing teams. I just mentioned now that's a real strength of the Alabama Crimson Tide. 6'10", junior Janaya Broom, not going to be an easy man to get past, of course, on the Auburn side, 33rd in the country in block percentage, shoots twos at a 61% clip. So this is still a really good Auburn team. I just don't believe they're as good as the metrics say. And we've seen this, especially in the current college basketball season, apply to a number of teams who feasted on relatively weak schedules. Just look amazing in the advanced stats. Now that we're starting to get into the heart of conference play, and we don't yet have that full season data to really go off of. It's only been a handful here, five in this case for both teams, games in league play. In Auburn's case, only one of those 11 wins, it's the 11-game winning streak, only one of the eleven games came against a top fifty team. I was home against Texas A and M, and it's it's as much as I'm not going to you know, discount Auburn for beating the teams on their schedule. The reality is they've had a very backloaded SEC schedule. As far as um, when I say backloaded, the really tough opponents are deeper in the schedule, and it really starts tonight here with Auburn going on the road to Alabama. So, because of those reasons, don't just blindly bet this game because oh, Alabama. Home favorite, unranked against that ranked road team. No, Alabama has has certainly proven it is, well, within the top 25. And in this specific matchup, while I would probably say Auburn has a better long-term outlook, more consistent on on, on just an overall balance of the team, eighth on offense, seventh on defense, while Alabama is just this wildly great offensive team, but wildly inefficient defensive team that is certainly prone to the upset when you don't really play defense in the NCAA tournament for this game tonight, I do like the spot for Alabama. Other, other thing to consider, Alabama just got smoked on the road at Tennessee over the weekend, lost by 20 to snap a six game winning streak like that position as well for Alabama after the, the heart, uh, the, uh, really the, uh, not the heartbreaking, but just the curb stomping of sorts. They will be heartbroken if they lose this game at home tonight to a bitter rival in Auburn. I do like Alabama, if if you start to see this get out past three, that's it, that's the point where I'd say, okay, you gotta you gotta kinda cut your losses and uh, not chase on these huge numbers. So I'd play this up to three. Uh, minus three Alabama. You can find two and a halves out there right now. Just be aware at three, you know, three and a half. If you still want to bet it, you're really losing a lot of the value here uh, from where this line opened. Would certainly expect it to con- continue to move Alabama's direction. Maybe after a certain amount of movement, betters come back and say, All right, that's way too much. That's an overreaction. We'll take the other side with Auburn. And I wouldn't blame them. This thing gets out to, say, four uh, or four and a half if, if it actually gets that far. I'm not sure it actually will, but that's how you tend to see how these things go. Again, when it is the ranked road team as an underdog going on the road against the unranked home favorite. Usually a lot of money in on that unranked home favorite. All right, those are our two best games of the night. We'll go over two thirty-six in Cavaliers and Bucks, and lay two and a half with Alabama at home against Auburn. Josh Alabama is back with you tomorrow. I'm Ben Wilson, saying best of luck with all your Wednesday bets, and we'll catch you next time here on Beason. Lincoln, we'll be back. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury: the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.